Hello, and welcome to another episode of Houston. We have a podcast. Uh, so to start off, I just want to say, when I when we originally created this podcast, I kind of had one thing in mind, and that was I didn't just want to talk about recent movies that have come out, because that's like what everyone else is doing. So one year into the podcast, uh, Paulo, what are we talking about tonight? Uh, we're talking about um, not, but... We're talking about recent movies that have come out. <laughs> uh, so I am 100% ready to sell out at this point. So that's fine. I'm, I'm selling out so we can get 150 views instead of 100. <laughs> I was going to try and spin it, but sure. <laughs> um, yeah, so today we're going to be talking about three new movies that have come out. Uh, Avengers Infinity War, uh, Deadpool 2, and Solo. And our guests that we have with here today are Tyler and Rebecca. Uh, thanks for joining us here today, guys. Hey, hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. Uh, and as you are new guest to the show, as we always do, uh, we want to ask you to kind of introduce yourselves to our audience. So we have you pick one uh, movie and one character that kind of represents you as a person. So Tyler, how about you go first? Oh man, I am uh, I'm ill suited for <laughs> for this challenge. Um, Nope. Actually, I'm I'm passing the baton over to this one. <laughs> okay, I'll go I'm first. Gonna, I'm gonna give a little little bit of thought to this. Yeah, you're gonna prep some more. I was uh, like, no. yeah. <laughs> Don't so... worry, man. no one's listening. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Deadpool too. This is unfortunately oh, yeah. true. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the movie that I picked to describe me is Lady Bird. Has anyone oh, seen Lady Bird yes. here? Yeah. So. Um, as someone raised in a very Catholic environment, uh, and being from a smaller area that I could not wait to get out of, I like strongly identify with, uh, Saoirse Ronan's character in Lady Bird. And I just love how she's so, um, like really wants to get out, but then she gets out and, and she kind of realizes what she had there. And I've sort of had a similar experience. Not like I want to go back, but, um, yeah, Lady Bird just made me feel a lot of very uh, intense feelings. Um, and then the character that I identify with is Evie from The Mummy. Oh my oh. god. Uh, you win. That's a big movie for us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I studied archaeology in my undergrad. Um, so that movie was like my favorite. And then she's a librarian um, and I'm into museums. So it's not the same, but it's uh, definitely along the same lines. So. so I'm in the clear to make Jesus jokes on this episode, right? Uh, yeah, I'm, I uh, most strongly identify as being an ex-Catholic at this point. Yeah. Okay, I'm, so. I'm probably going to bring that up during the Deadpool 2 segment. But Please do. Only my mom will get offended. So, yeah. And mine. Mom, don't listen. Uh, Tyler, are you finished are. thinking yet? Uh, do I ever. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was trying to think, like, what... I don't want to go, like, too sappy with this. I could say, like, Zach Braff on Garden State. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, ah, oh, no, let's go for, let's go a little more, a little more subdued. Um, uh, and I didn't want to go for a Wes Anderson movie, but I'm going for a Wes Anderson movie. Yeah, you are. Uh, I kind of like, right now I'm kind of digging Owen Wilson in Darjeeling Limited. You know, wow. trying, to, trying to bring the family together, like trying to be, I'm just about to go on a trip. So, you know, feeling like losing my mind and yeah, sorry, with how, kind of, how many of your relatives with, are going with nine of my relatives. <laughs> so I'm feeling that right now. 
Yeah. Um, Are you ready to order for everyone? <laughs> yeah. He'll get the soup. Uh, no peanuts. Make sure to apologize before you take your teeth out. <laughs> yeah. And do the little bow. Then we'll all pull out our uh, illicit pharmaceuticals and just have a great time. I need to watch that movie. <laughs> yeah, I do. I knew you were going to get these right. Yeah. <laughs> just sitting here, <laughs> smiling. Yeah. It's a good one. I mean, it's... Canada's going to be the place for illicit pharmaceuticals, so I mean, why travel anywhere else? Yeah. So is that both your movie and your character? Mm. I'd say yeah. Okay. That's fine. And then, in addition to being new guests, you are actually um, also our first female guest, but also our first married couple who are guests. Two firsts. So, you guys have prepared a, a movie and character that represent you as a couple? Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're big fans of, like, like little kind of indie rom-coms. Yeah. Um, and we could talk about those for hours. Um... We got but, you guys on the wrong episode. Yeah. <laughs> we, do we want to do the on three, let's yell the one that we think, and then it'll be the, the different ones and it'll be funny. Like the newlyweds game. <laughs> um, you guys should definitely do it. One, do two, you want to do it? three, Wait, go. Okay. All right, on three. Okay. <laughs> Forget you, Carson. Yeah. Okay, Let one, two, three, the oh, thin man. The thing? Okay. okay. The thin man. Which, oh. uh, which is a movie from 1930? I feel it was like right after Prohibition dropped and everyone was drinking on film because it was okay again and they were just ribbing each other the entire time. <laughs> yeah. It was hilarious. It was great. Yeah, it's this really cute comedy where the it's this married couple and the husband is a detective or like a retired detective and the wife uh, has a lot of money and, and there's the murder that happens and so she's trying to get him to investigate it and they just harass each other the whole movie which is very true to our <laughs> relationship. <laughs> that is a much better choice than The Thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which is what I thought you guys originally said. <laughs> you guys were talking about this before and I I'm thought you were dog. talking about The Slender Man. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is a very different movie. Yeah. Yeah. Very different relationship. Uh, <laughs> I'm tall and creepy and stand in the shadows. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, starring Myrna, Myrna Loy. Yeah. And, and I forget who the... Someone Powell, I think? Probably, yeah. yeah. Um, based on a Dashiell Hammett novel. Yeah, and then it ended up being like pretty successful, so I think they made a whole bunch of sequels to it. Yeah, if you like a, if you like a drunken, uh, comedic... Maltese Falcon. This is the one for you. Yeah, it's really good. What's the What's the one that you said? Um, you I say? said Away We Go, which is a really cute comedy starring uh, John Krasinski and uh, Jim. I actually know this one. Maya. Is that <laughs> Maya her name? Rudolph. Yes. Um, and uh, it's about this couple that are kind of trying to find a place to like settle and so they go visit like friends and family in different parts of um like canada and the states um and it's just i mean like anything that john krasinski is involved with it's just so fucking cute <laughs> is a, a quiet, quiet place also <laughs> very cute i mean uh, i mean i haven't it, seen that one yet it's yes. not part of my john krasinski canon so. making the the hearing aids was pretty cute i would describe it as very bad Oh, you're such a... Oh. 
They've very, got a, very on brand for you, Carson. A little, <laughs> a little preview of what the next three discussions are going to be like. I'm going to get slowly more cynical as this episode goes on. Did you order them on purpose? No, it's so. actually the order of they came out, but it's just oh. working out in a way that I like the one at the beginning and not the one at the end. Um, okay, so we're going to get started with uh, our kind of review of movies. Um, so we're going very spoiler heavy for this, but if you haven't seen one of these movies, I'm going to put the time codes in the description so you can just easily skip ahead to one of the movies that you have seen, because uh, again, we're definitely going uh, full spoilers here. This is the first time we've said spoiler alert before actually giving the spoilers, I think. <laughs> yeah. We're really it, learning. It's a new day, here. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so we're going to jump right into it. Uh, our first movie that we're talking about here is Avengers Infinity War. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's jump into it. What's sort of, like uh, general, like if you had to sum this movie up in five words, <laughs> and sorry, I, I did not prep you guys for this, but this is what we're going to do for each movie. Uh, sum this movie up in five words just to kind of get it started of how you feel about this. Okay. Uh, kind of like haiku style. Uh, yeah. Mine is going to be, should be bad, but not. <laughs> I like that. Uh, Very apt. Clip show, everybody dies, cool. <laughs> uh, everybody dies, cool. <laughs> uh, say the, like, purple man kills people, why? <laughs> <laughs> Can I use comic book as one word? Sure. Okay, comic book, Lord of the Rings. Hmm. Hmm. Right. Okay, you're going to need to explain that. So, full-on <laughs> conversation, we'll jump right into it. What, what do you mean by that? Okay, so when I first saw the trailer for uh, Infinity War, I thought it was going to be a thing where, like, you have, like, the, you know the fellowship of the ring where, like, you have uh, the, the group of people, which are our Marvel heroes, obviously, and then... They're going to split off, like, a small group of them are going to try and do the thing that actually defeats Sauron, a.k.a. Thanos. And then you're going to have, like, the rest of them doing, like, other stuff, like, uh, distracting the eye or... Like the two towers. Yeah, or, like, uh, what else? Like, just, like, fight, like, saving Gondor or whatever. Right. So you're going to, like, so, like, the fight in Wakanda would be, like, the battle of... Um, deep. Uh, yeah, or the the one in the third third movie where like Rohan and Gondor are both uh, fighting, Pelennor Fields. Yes, I I drew that out because I didn't want everyone to know that I knew what it was called right away. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I thought it was gonna be something like that, which it kind of is. You have like Iron Man and Spider Man and uh, the Guardians uh, going after Thanos like directly, and then you have like the big war in Wakanda. That's fair. Yeah, so that's but. Actually, I just realized it's not really a review, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> so I, I think my overall impression was like, I expected this to be a complete mess because how many characters do you have in this movie? And like all the criticism that I thought I was going to give this movie, I actually still have that criticism, but it still works. Like there's no main protagonist human character for this, for the good guys, which that should that that should be bad for a movie, but still somehow this works, and it's more of like a season finale than its own episode. So going into this movie as somebody like if you haven't seen any of the other stuff won't make any sense. But I appreciate how much they did with Thanos. Like they actually made him somewhat realistic, and like they could have done better, but for what it was supposed to be, I was pretty happy. He with was it. actually a character. He was actually a and character. not yeah. just bad guy 
doing the thing. Yes. Yeah, like, <laughs> you got into his motivation. You saw him feel some feelings. Yeah. I think one of the best things is, like, I want to know more about him. And, like, they couldn't give him the full, but, like, I want to have a full, like, Avengers 4 movie where it's just, like, him for an hour and a half. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, you've killed half the universe. He's You're watching the sunset. Yeah. I'm just, like, just, what is that like? It just uh, turns into, you... like, a domestic life where he's, like, mowing his lawn. And he's... he's, like, learning how to make sushi. Like... <laughs> and then at the very end, it's, like, five minutes where, like, it. they beat him and, like, use the time stone to move it all back or something. And it's, like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's an afterthought, like, five minutes at yeah. the end. They're, like... Yeah. But I'm also the one who wanted Avengers 2 to basically be, like, a corporate retreat where Tony Stark brings everyone on, like those corporate retreats you go like on with executives and they do like personality tests like this is yeah. how we gotta work together guys so like trust yeah. exercises yeah. so whatever i want is never gonna work in a movie but like that's what i want Avengers score to be mm-hmm. yeah do you think that's how they'll get the hulk to actually hulk out in the next one get him to do a trust fall <laughs> and they actually Finally drop pops. him so and then he'll just he... crush whoever's behind him i need a little more movie insider knowledge is so the the whole reasoning behind Hulk not transforming is this is this a legal dispute behind the scenes? Nope. It's okay. uh, they said they're what? having a three movie character arc for the Hulk, which is Thor Ragnarok, uh, in Infinity War, and then whatever Avengers Four is going to be. Okay. Um. So like, I actually think that's a good element of a character, but like, again, he gets like five minutes of screen time. So over the span of those three movies, he's going to have like a regular movie's worth of character arc. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather have that than a standalone Hulk movie. Which they can't do, actually. <laughs> what? They, they don't because have the rights to do or... a Hulk standalone oh, movie. Sony. Universal holds those rights, yeah. but they can put him as a character in another movie. Oh, I just okay. thought it was because they've all been bad, so... No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, how many times are you going to try to how make... How many actors? Yeah, stop trying to make fetch happen. <laughs> <laughs> but... That being said, I do like Mark Ruffalo as Hulk like a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I he's, think he's, he's great. yeah, I like him. I wouldn't want a whole movie of him though. <laughs> I think there's a movie there. Uh, like I'm glad he's a supporting character cuz he's better like that, but like especially what they did with him in Ragnarok. Like the, I thought that's there was, the like, maximum a good Hulk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I did in enjoy him in Ragnarok. In this one he was such like a part of the backdrop. Um, I mean for obvious reasons, but um, so kind of mentioning that is like the subtle backstory that was a lot in Infinity War. And so there was like him meeting Scarlett Johansson again for the first time, which was like, oh, you know, there's some history there, but they don't really do it. And that's what I kind of like with like the human stories on this character is like they didn't feel the need to make it too obvious. And I was reading uh, some of what the, the Russos have said afterwards, which they've been saying way too much, by the way. <laughs> um, but one thing that I really liked that they kind of explained why the Avengers lost. And it was talking about uh, the weaknesses of our heroes, that Captain America didn't want to trade lives for lives. And that cost them in the end. Right. And then Thor, going for the chest instead of the head, he wanted to do that because he wanted Thanos to know that he beat him, and that's why he lost. And so it's like... They said that? Yes. That was intentional. And then, like, Star-Lord punching Thanos when he was asleep it's like these are all very heroic realistic things for our heroes to be doing but it made them lose right and so I like that yeah that's interesting how it's like them being selfish in the way that they wanted to win Mm -hmm. yeah cost them yeah I think it was more interesting the fact that they lost um 
the thing that I liked about this movie, like I didn't really have a lot of interest in seeing it in the theater. And then you guys were like, we're watching it for the podcast. And and, um, so Tyler had seen this before me and was like, are you going to see it? And I was like, probably not till it's on Netflix. And so he told me the ending before I went, which like I'm not mad about. Um, Like it didn't really, it was interesting watching the movie knowing the ending. Uh, But what I really liked about this movie was seeing the new kind of combinations of superheroes that like we haven't seen before yep. so like, I like that. yeah so like the you know putting the egos of dr strange and tony oh, yeah. stark together was, cool. was pretty cool even um, the small moments of like there's one moment where a winter soldier picks up rocket raccoon and there's like firing in a circle <laughs> yeah. it's like, that's all you need you don't need a big character arc it's just a little moment like that and it's good yeah it's good and i you know i know we've seen stark and spider-man together before but i kind of like what spider-man seems to bring out in in tony stark like it's he wants to help him and feels I think a little bit protective and it's in a more um or I guess a less selfish way than we often see from Stark who tends to be pretty narcissistic and one thing I like about the Spider-Man is like they at least had one of the characters die slowly so that there was some (laughs) meaning to it yeah and that was like and this is the cynical side of me coming out is like yeah, they all died, but I wanted to see them in more pain. Like, <laughs> I, I wanted only to only Spider-Man gave you. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> but like Loki and um, Idris Elba, I forget his name, Heimdall. Um, like you could see them die, and it's like um, there's these comics out there where it's Punisher kills the Marvel universe and Deadpool kills the Marvel universe, and it's just like it's a solo adventure where you get to see all the the heroes die. And for me, that's what this kind of was. But it's like. When they just fade away at the end, like you see Black Panther fade away, but you know he's coming back because he's Black Panther, and that movie made a ton of money. And <laughs> yeah. so it's like, if you're gonna die, I want to see you like painfully die. <laughs> yeah, and I think like the choice of who died. I mean, I don't know why they like what that decision making process was, but like based on who they chose, I'm like, okay, well they're obviously some of them are gonna come back right like they're not gonna kill black panther after this big movie this year and the spider-man movie is two months after avengers 4 so yeah so but that could still work as like before the events of avengers yeah so i think it like no but it like it took away from i think what they wanted to be like this big moment of all these people dying that you've been sort of bonding with over these many many movies but But the, the thing i like about it is that the characters who are left are eventually the original avengers and so we get to see their character arcs out okay. of like, like, cause I, like, I think it's really interesting to go into the world of those characters in a world where everyone has died because we know those characters the best. And I want to see like, like, cause there's rumors that Avengers four is going to be like five or 10 years later of like, how do those guys cope with just like, <laughs> Hey, Tony Stark, you brought this kid into the Avengers. And because of that, like he died he died in <laughs> front of you. I'm like, I want to see your pain for five years. I want to see whether you quit being an Avenger because of that. Like, I want to see all that stuff. But he did that twice. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, this well, time yeah. it's going to be a much it's... bigger beard. We're <laughs> 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 not going to stop at goatee. We're going to go all the way. <laughs> Full but, morning beard. Yeah, that is a good yeah. You want, like, the point. R-rated Iron Man, like, <laughs> what they did with Logan. He hits rock bottom. He's become a raging alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What he I just see. Elon Musk's the Earth into <laughs> <laughs> into the sun. He's just he's just done. I mean, setting it like ten years into the future or like after those events will give it like a little more. It it like half solves the problem of we know they're not coming back because mm-hmm. it shows like 
you'll kind of uh, sympathize, I guess, with the characters. Like, oh, they, they've had to deal with this for so long. Everyone's so sad. And I also <laughs> want to see what Thanos does for five years. Because obviously he justifies all this as like doing good for the universe. But I bet after five years, he's going to be kind of bored. And he's just going to start <laughs> killing people. And he's going to be like, wait, did I do this because it was right or just because I like killing people? So, so like, I want to see that. I wanted to get this in. I, what did you think of the very pointed Thanos will return? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it wasn't so much Thanos will return as much as you're not saying the rest of the people will return, which obviously they will. But yeah, but I yeah, like I want to see that. Uh, that's the thing I'm most looking forward to. Is again, I want a whole movie about Thanos. I don't <laughs> give a shit about all these Avengers. <laughs> give me Thanos the movie. Man, it's been the summer of Josh Brolin. Just, yeah. Uh, just clean it up. But we'll get to that. Yeah. Later. <laughs> well, he only did one good movie, so. What? <laughs> Wait, right. what? Like, ever? One good character this summer. Oh, okay. Well, this. Wait, what? <laughs> you just finished saying. I'm confused. Oh, that I'm means you don't Cable's like Cable. a shit character. <laughs> He's like the Terminator. I have, I have things to say about that. And we will get to that. Yeah. Well, um, so we're saying a lot of positive things about Infinity War. What are like your major negatives? All the negatives are always going to be kind of tinged with like, I like that they did this, but they didn't do it enough of it. Like um, So I, I don't want to jump too far ahead for where we're going, but all three of these movies, to me, interact with fans in a very different way. They all, they all kind of they throw out hints in different ways. They have jokes in different ways. Um, the the humor in uh, Avengers, you know, they upped their ante from Avengers 2. It was definitely a lot of comedy moments. Um, jokes could have landed... I don't know. I like the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy or Thor Ragnarok. Thor. Like, every beat is yeah. a joke that hits. Um, just solid, solid stuff. I mean, that's not what you should expect out of Avengers, but very cool <laughs> i think um, it, it was a casualty of having so many characters because like you have the the joking the main joking part was like the guardians of the galaxy when they met thor yeah and that yes. was like joke 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 yeah but then the rest of the movie was like it's not it's not that because there's so many characters that they have to fit in yeah and i mean yeah they like i was gonna ask how you guys felt about guardians of the galaxy because for me it felt like someone because uh sean gunn's been directing the uh guardians of the galaxy movies and for me this very felt like someone trying to imitate the guardians of the galaxy and not really <laughs> them but i've heard other people say that it's like it felt completely seamless that it was like as if sean gunn had wrote those scenes so like where do you guys fall in i didn't know there was a different like writer <laughs> director like director, the guy who writer. directed the guardians movies yeah. versus the russo brothers yeah, I mean, it felt very on-brand for me, for the Guardians, for this film. I f maybe maybe they, like, improvised enough so that it was really just them doing their thing. The only scene that I felt was, like, really felt like the Guardians was when Drax was trying to pretend to be invisible. <laughs> I was like, that actually feels like the same type of humor. Yeah. The rest of it was kind of like, eh, okay. I, I think the thing that works so well about Guardians of the Galaxy is... Their personalities are super strong, but they're never, like, that front and center all the time. Like, there's always focus going on to, like, the situation that's at Like, no single one of them is... Yeah, no yeah. single one of them is outshining, but, you know, in, in this, where you're kind of pulling them apart and, and sort of putting them in different situations, 
I think it's hard to find that kind of balance. Yeah. It's, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it, it's no it's no standalone Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> movie, but I, I I have no complaints. One uh, one negative that I will not so much a negative, but uh, seeing Tyrion Lannister kind of <laughs> took me out of the movie a bit. <laughs> so yeah. I knew that was coming. You did uh, because if you looked up IMDb, you could yeah. see that he was going to be this character. So as soon as they mentioned a dwarf and making a weapon, I was like, okay, it's going to be <laughs> yeah. Tyrion Lannister. Oh man, it was a little on the nose. Like, oh, we're there's going to be a, we have to see a dwarf. Yeah, <laughs> love me some giant boy detective. Just. <laughs> but I like that he was like a giant. Oh yeah, I, I like that. <laughs> that one that. part of it. Yeah. But it was just like, like you're not, you're not this other guy. You're Tyrion Lannister. Yeah, it was a little. Uh, my friend that I saw the movie with, like when he showed up on screen, she just started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> that, <laughs> like, what? that reminds me of a moment that we're gonna talk about later on in the solo segment. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I wonder what moment that is. Who shows up and we all start laughing? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I actually uh, thought Carson was going to like that moment, but... <laughs> I'm really conflicted. I have a uh, lot of feelings about that moment. We, we will get to that. Okay. One of the things I really liked about Infinity War is, like, for as many characters as they had, like, it was real, really boiled down to, like, you understood what was going on with a few moments. Like, there was the adventure with Thor and Raccoon going one place, and Star-Lord going one place, and Iron Man's group met up with them, and it's like, there was two or three central locations where things were happening, so it wasn't all over the place. And then you could get that Thor and Raccoon moment. You could get the Iron Man and Doctor Strange moment while still being like a coherent plot. So I don't know. Like, I, I'm not going to say it's like the. I don't. Actually, okay, here's a question for you guys <laughs> Marvel movies all time, where do you rate this? There's been 19 Marvel movies at this point. Oof. Um, I would put it like somewhere in the middle. I mean, to be honest, I go into most Marvel movies with like a pretty low, <laughs> pretty low expectations because I'm not that invested in the universe. And so I go in and if it's fun, then I'm happy. Um, whereas with movies in the Star Wars franchise, I have a lot more expectations. So it like really colors how I feel about the films when I see them. Um, so you know what? I thought Infinity War was good. I'm not going to rewatch it i would say like it's not high in my list of ones that i want to watch i am excited for thor ragnarok to come on netflix though like <laughs> yeah. i will rewatch that one um i thought it was fine <laughs> <laughs> for me it was this was probably the biggest upset out of any marvel movie i've like i've seen upset as, as in bad like no upset as in like my expectations were uh, completely flipped okay. i came in expecting avengers 2 level like like completely fractured plot line trying to cobble together a story i don't care about <laughs> um but it totally flipped me and by the end i i liked where the focus was for most of the movie i liked the villain that they characterized much more much more into it than i was with uh, age of ultron and i would put this maybe like third or fourth of all marvel movies that's about in line with what I was going to say. Between Somewhere between three and six, because I know for sure uh, Ragnarok and Logan are in front of... Uh, I was going to say MCU. Oh, oh. I guess that bumps it up to two. <laughs> but it, I'm sure there's something... Like, I have a very... Uh, I have a short-term memory. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, the movies that I've watched, like, way back, like, maybe the original Iron Man or whatever... 
those are pr the, I might put them in front of Infinity like one of them or two of them so that's why it's like somewhere between three and six yeah I think I'd echo Tyler and Paulo like I think this is probably number three or number four I still think Iron Man is the best Marvel movie the first uh, one for MCU anyway um I, I had low expectations and I actually surpassed it. And I think the biggest compliment I can give this movie is like, I actually want to see Avengers four because I went into this thinking like, I'm done with Marvel. I, I am, yes. I will watch them, but I won't watch them all opening weekend. But yeah. now I'm going to see <laughs> Avengers four opening weekend. They, so. they took serious risks and it paid off for sure. I like them taking risks because that's the thing I hate against the most is like, they just do the safest thing. So yeah. I appreciate that. Uh, any last comments you guys want to get in here before we uh, end off this segment? Yeah. Sorry. One really quick one. Um, when Ant-Man and the Wasp comes out, I really hope that the movie ends with the bad guy just dissolving. <laughs> oh, yeah. I want that to be the premise of the movie where they dissolve at the beginning and then they have to pull off a heist because there's less people around. <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. I want them to work someone dissolving into that movie. That would be that's, interesting. That's yeah. all I was going to say. Um, when I was thinking about, like, who died in this movie, like, I wasn't thinking about, oh, it's, like, kind of the OG people left over. I was like, oh, this is an opportunity to, like, clean house and, like, <laughs> make room for, I don't know, more women and people <laughs> of color. I think that it's going to be Avengers 4. Yeah, but, like, I mean, that only matters if everyone stays dead. So which... how do you feel about the big Captain Marvel setup? Okay, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, Brie Larson is Captain Marvel. That's what. She's I'm gonna be so the person down. to save the day. The Clash yeah. of Demon Head. Yes. Brie Larson. Oh, right. Nice. Sign me up. That was someone understood the reference. Yes. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna end that segment. Um, we're gonna jump in here, uh, get to know our guests a little bit more. And uh, Tyler, we're gonna start with you. So. I and you can't up. pass it off. <laughs> yeah. you cannot pass this Not off. Not this one. I can't. I no. can't pop quiz, asshole. Not yet. <laughs> okay. You can after we're done. Uh, I have five questions for you, and this is kind of like end of family feud style. Give us whatever the first thing that pops into your head. These are going to be a bunch of random questions. Um, so we're going to begin. Uh, first question: Pick an inanimate object to be the lead character in a movie. Oh man. AKA make a Pixar movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so cool. My mind just as as soon as you said inanimate, my mind just goes to uh, the Simpsons inanimate carbon rod, inanimate carbon rod the movie. Um, maybe maybe that's a little too a uh, little too TV, but. All right, we'll use that. Next <laughs> question: Favorite movie when you were ten years old? Oh man. When I was 10 years old, I, I vacillated heavily between uh, Conan the Barbarian and Neverending Story. I guess I was a big fantasy head. And Page Master. This is very telling of what, <laughs> what kind of kid I was. Yes. If you could go on a road trip with any movie character, who would you choose? Ooh. Man, this is good. Um... I was really into Logan, but like, I think, <laughs> I think we could just do a complete genre reversal and it's just going to be some sort of like, I don't know, coming of age with like, Logan. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Like be the finding girl. ourselves. <laughs> and it ends with you dying probably. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, out to the sunset. Which Wes Anderson movie would you want to be a side character in? Oh man. Um, 
I would always like to be a dog. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I would love that. That's a good I, choice. That was uh, I love dogs. It was, it was a pretty fun little setting. Okay, and then last question: Which pre nineteen sixties movie needs a remake? Pre nineteen sixties. I would never be Holy able to answer this question. <laughs> Took advantage of some film knowledge. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you, you you know. Um, let's let's. Uh, Our audience does not know. Oh, <laughs> trying to think. You can take extra time for this one. Yeah, this one. Because I'm curious now. This one's a goodie. Um, when did Bridge come out? Yeah, <laughs> I was just thinking that Bridge on the River Kwai. <laughs> How would that translate to today? But How like, would you, would you want to risk a remake? Uh, that's the thing. Your favorite film. It's it one of those don't meet movie. your heroes moments where it's just uh, you know. That's a good point. Gonna leave it as Alec Guinness being a boss. Yeah. Um, All right, you got five seconds. What is it? Uh, oh, there was a really good movie called The Grand Illusion. Yes. Oh yeah. Um, a World War One, very very like kind of real for its time kind of getting into the whole idea of you know war and fighting and what is a country and nationalism that you know i think would still translate really well today uh, i just want to shout out quickly uh, before carson cuts me off uh because i'm bad at hosting uh at houston we have a podcast it's our instagram it's live follow us uh, you get posts on uh, all any updates. Uh, all right, pop quiz, asshole. <laughs> That's right. A guest is coming in with a pop quiz this time. Well done. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how I discovered this this great happenstance, but I was just kind of going through IMDb just on a little stroll one day. Uh, as and one I, does. Yes, one does. And and I had uh, this great epiphany of there are a lot of Nick Cage movies. And a lot of them sound like names of energy drinks. <laughs> so can you, uh, fair hosts and listeners at home, tell me which of these is a Nick Cage movie and which of these is an energy drink? So who's all participating here? I think she knows a fair few of them. Oh, you know the answers already? So uh, I'm, I'm just, okay, so this will be for uh, me just and Paul. Yeah. Paul okay. All right. So first, is this a film by Nick Cage or is this an energy drink? Number one, Rumblefish. Shit. I'm going to say Energy Drink. I'm going to say Nick Cage movie. This one goes to Paula. Yeah! This was one of Nick Cage's earliest films. I think his second <laughs> film after uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. He was, was in Fast Times? He was in Fast Times. What? He was. As who? Oh, no. <laughs> I think He's it was a pretty like minor a character. Like an asshole. Yeah. Okay, wait, side note, really quick side note. In high school, one of my teachers, apparently uh, one of his friends recommended Fast Times to him, and he showed it to our, my class in high school. <laughs> hey, kids. He, he had to cut it off so early. <laughs> I got this movie solely based on the cover image. It's called Boogie Nights. I think it's my <laughs> Right around the time uh, the guy was uh, jacking off to the girl coming out of the pool. He, he had to cut it off. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's my story. Oh, as, as like a quick callback to my Ladybird reference, um, in my grade 10 English class, 
um, in my Catholic high school, we were watching The Merchant of Venice, the one with uh, Jeremy Irons in it. Al Pacino. Yes. <laughs> Magnificent. Um, and my English teacher was like covering the boobs on the TV <laughs> screen in my uh, grade 10 class. So good uh, times. We just got Roman Polanski's Macbeth where you got to see the big <laughs> saggy boobies. It was great. Didn't uh, know that was a thing. Sorry. Yeah. Go on. So, uh, so Rumblefish, the point that goes to Paula, um, directed by Francis Ford Coppola. It was uh, filmed on a budget of $10 million, made $2.5 million back. <laughs> so He's a, made a lot of shit movies. So yeah, a pretty big flop for the time. Cage started early in the flop business, <laughs> in the flop industry. And has continued. <laughs> All right, next one up. Urge Intense. Is that's this a film by Nick Cage yep. or an energy, no, an energy train? drink? That's an energy drink. Oh, damn. You got it right away. Urge Cage. Intense, a citrus-flavored soft drink produced by Coca-Cola Norway. Or like a soft core poured by Nick Cage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They later went on to uh, to create the drink Surge. The sequel. The sequel. <laughs> What's the energy drink from Futurama? Slurm. Yes. <laughs> it sounds the same. I guess that one's off the quiz. <laughs> Next one up, Vault. No, that's an energy drink. I'm going to say movie. Movie? Man, another point for Paulo. Oh, I'm so good. (laughs) You're three for three, aren't you? I'm not. I'm a little bit ashamed about this, actually. (laughs) A sweet and carbonated beverage that was released by the Coca-Cola company. They just keep coming out with this crap. I've Um, actually tried that one. I think that's why I I won Um, that one. They were marketed with such slogans as... Drinks like a soda, kicks like an energy drink. The taste, the quench, the kick. We're getting the synopsis for the energy drinks too. Well. <laughs> yeah. Chug and charge. Oh man. Doesn't it just make you want to, you know, just go to town? <laughs> All right. Coming up next. Oh, this one's a goodie. G Force. Oh man. I'm going to say energy drink. This one is, in fact, a movie. Damn! Carson evening this out. So, G-Force, a CG animated masterpiece where Nick lends his voice to a team of super spy rodents. Oh my god, I know this one! He plays a hamster named Speckles. I actually Uh. knew that there was a movie called G-Force, but I didn't know that he was in it, so I was just assuming there was a different (laughs) movie called G-Force. Oh my god! (laughs) I remember watching, like, previews of this movie. (laughs) This is not easy, is it? Uh, I might... Uh, I'll skip over that one. That was easy. <laughs> I came in a that little too confident easy. to this game. <laughs> All right. Relentless. Nick Cage movie. I'm going to say movie too. No, this is an energy drink. <laughs> oh my God. Released in February 2006. The drink has also been subject of a court proceedings for breach of trademark by Relentless Records. <laughs> There's a surprising amount of drama in the uh, energy drink world. More drama than Nick Cage movies. <laughs> All right, last one here. Last one. All right. Is this a tiebreaker? Uh, no, two more. Two more. Two for more. who? It's three two for you. Okay. Yeah. If Sh- I get this right, we'll go to a tiebreaker. Street King. Oh, that's a Nick Cage movie. No, I'm gonna say energy drink. This is an energy drink. No! <laughs> because Street Kings is a movie, but not Street King. Yeah. Fuck, who names your energy drink 
Street King. Well, I'll tell you who. <laughs> American rapper Curtis 50 Cent Jackson does. Oh, fuck does. you, 50 Cent. <laughs> Go back into retirement. Oh, man. Right, well, no, I don't think he's making now. it big on uh, energy drink money because it went under in April 2018. So R.I.P. Street King. Did well, I'm going to the new 50 Cent movie. Den of Thieves. Yes. I'm going to watch it again to watch him die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Strong feelings. All right. I'm just mad I lost that last round. <laughs> so here's the tiebreaker. Arsenal. Nick Cage movie. <laughs> Please. This is a Nick Cage movie. Yes. <laughs> That's, yes. That's probably the biggest cheer this movie has ever received. <laughs> With a riveting 3% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, that's the one. Brothers take on a local crime boss. Ooh. Yeah, there's some riveting. good ones. There's also Rage, which is, get this, both an energy drink <laughs> and a Nick Cage movie. That would have been a good one. So, nice. uh, can please anybody. Nice. I just... You realize this is the only time I've beaten you in one of our competitions in all of the episodes. I think you want to fight one. Did no, I? Because we don't go against. Because either one or you or me is the judge, so we don't often compete against each other. Uh, one of the first uh, out of the first fights where it was against. The, the only two fights we've had is this one, and then episode one, where I beat you in the Scorpion King oh, versus. You, uh, you Agent always Smith. bring that up before <laughs> I can. All right, let's uh, let's jump into our second movie here. We're talking about Deadpool two. Um, so we're going to do the same thing of five words to describe this movie while you guys are thinking about that, because I assume you didn't do anything. Uh, I'm going to spoil, uh, what my thoughts are. So I brought up the Jesus reference earlier. Um, oh. some, like a, a reference that I think both Deadpool 2 and Jesus have in common is that it's not too bad in itself, but the fans kind of ruin it. Oh my <laughs> God. Uh, yes. Deadpool, it has some, some okay jokes. But I fucking hate the fans, man. There was a ten-year-old kid sitting behind me, and his dad was explaining the whole movie to him. <laughs> no, there was a oh, row no. of people in front of me, six of them that were all on their phone the entire time, and it completely echoed my experience with Deadpool One, where I went opening night, and it was all people trying to make jokes during the movie to make themselves <laughs> no. look funny. I hate Deadpool fans. If you ever go to a comic con and see someone dressed as a Deadpool, it's somebody who's pathetic who's trying to make themselves look funny. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? But that said, the movie's not that bad. <laughs> I uh, listened to another movie podcast, and one of the... How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> cheating on us. I'm sorry, I was cheating on your podcast. <laughs> um, but one of the, the guests on the show said, yeah, this movie is great, but I think I've seen too many Deadpool cosplays yeah. to really enjoy it. <laughs> All right, so what are your guys' five-word reviews of the movie? I'll yet? start. Okay. It's Deadpool. You laugh now. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of a cop up. Yes, 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 more. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. We're going to have uh, differing, opi differing opinions on this one, I think. Uh, mine is T Terminator, Deadpool, New Zealand. <laughs> oh. <laughs> mine is some good, some bad, whatever. Um, all right, so the one I'm most curious about, Tyler, go, why are you so positive? I maybe I maybe oversold it with the many yeses. <laughs> maybe, but it's I don't know. For me, it's like playing Saints Row Two, which is just this goofy shoot 'em up uh, video game. I know um, that one. Yeah, it it knows what it is. It is what it is. I like how it plays with fans. 
I like the kind of gratuitous in-jokes that it's dropping, but you still, even when the joke isn't landing 100% with you, it, it still reverberates and hits and it's funny. Um, I, I'm referring to the, oh, I'm seeing some puffed out faces. No, I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I really like that one um, where it's Deadpool and Domino and he says, you were invented by a guy that can't even draw feet or something like that. <laughs> Um, a, a reference to Deadpool's creator who cannot draw feet. <laughs> I think I, I completely missed that joke yeah, in, when I was watching the movie. Exactly, but it's it's still, you know, it, it's not... Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of them, so... Yeah. So I think that's probably something we can probably all agree on is there's hits and there's misses in Deadpool. So what were some of your biggest misses and what were some of your biggest hits in terms of the jokes? I, I think it's like the, the Kobe Bryant of movies. Because, like, if you jack up enough shots, if Kobe jacks up <laughs> enough shots, they're going to... This is bad. This is a bad example because Kobe it, is a is good scorer. Is this a sports analysis? Yes, sorry. Kobe, yeah. Basically, Kobe Bryant shoots a lot of shots. He scores a lot. Because, no, sorry. Let's change it to Russell Westbrook. I'm getting too far in the weeds here. Russell Westbrook shoots a lot of shots. He's, he scores 50 points because he shoots 50 shots. You're going to turn into the dad having to explain this ah! to his 10-year-old son. This Be is a game called basketball where you shoot... <laughs> this is where you throw baskets at nets. The J.R. Smith of movie is probably the Nicolas Cage one that got 3%. <laughs> Sorry, I digress. But, <laughs> like, the, the biggest problem I had with Deadpool 2 is that, like... And it's weird. I have, like, an internal conflict because I like stupid things. <laughs> not to say that it's like completely stupid but like it's like dumb like there's some dumb humor and then the meta jokes are like not quite dumb but like they're pretty funny but also at the same time dumb and but it just felt like so much like everything that came out of his mouth had to be a joke and I guess it, it falls in line with his character like he's supposed to be annoying he's supposed to be like wisecracking all the time but I just like I had fatigue by the end of the, by the end of the movie like it, I don't know it's I, so Deadpool 1, I think, again, similar, had a lot of hits and a lot of misses. I think there were more hits and less misses in Deadpool 2 than in Deadpool 1, which made me like it more than I thought, but I really had to ignore some of the misses because the misses were bad. What? So what were the misses? So the ending where he dies like five times <laughs> and they dragged it on, I was like, I get what you're going yeah, for, yeah, yeah. but this just like completely sucked the energy out of the whole movie for me. And then, like, when they immediately open the movie to a, uh, a toy of Logan spinning on, yeah. like, the, the when he gets killed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, I hate the references parts, and, like, for me, a lot of that didn't work. The big wins for me were uh, the baby legs ones. <laughs> I was like, that yeah. was funny. Um, the X-Men in the other room. I, I was surprised by that. I was, like, kind of on the fence. And I actually liked that one. The whole team dying right away. That was great. Uh, like, that was excellent. <laughs> as soon as it happened, I was like, yeah, I don't know why I didn't see that coming, but it was still <laughs> funny. Um, also, Brad Pitt. Yeah, I knew, like, As that soon was as awesome. they had somebody where it's like an invisible man, it's like, this is a cameo 100%, yeah. um, but I'm okay with that. So, uh, But as soon as you saw, like, all those characters are like a guy whose power is to vomit on somebody, uh, you're like, yeah, okay, it seems, it seems totally reasonable for all these people to die. <laughs> um but one thing I loved in this movie was all of the actors who I'm like, wait, who is that person? Because 
the guy who was the throw up person is the guy who plays the clown it. in the new It movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then oh, there's snap. Diego Luna, who's in Rogue One, who played the villain at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Wait, which villain? So he plays the villain who killed his girlfriend. That was Diego Luna? That's Diego Luna. Oh. And so there's all these people that I'm like, oh, that's that guy. He didn't even have any lines. He had like a couple, but yeah, he was like very minor. Uh, side comment. So I saw the movie Frida for the first time. I don't know this one. <laughs> what? Uh, like the, the Mexican artist. Sharp Frida. left turn. Frida Kahlo? I... Yeah, Frida Kahlo played by... Um, Selma Hayek. Selma Hayek. With the unibrow. Diego Luna plays like her young love interest in like act one of that movie. And I was watching that, and I was like, wait, who the fuck's that? And I was like, oh, that's Diego Luna, that guy that no one cares about from Rogue One. <laughs> I still like that movie. I don't care. <laughs> oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to you. It's coming. I'll bring it! <laughs> I'm the Nicolas Cage champion. I'll take you guys all. I'll take all comments. <laughs> Says a lot about my it, taste. It also had right. some uh, gratuitous uh, Vancouver uh, oh. cityscape porn. Was I it filmed in Vancouver? It, it was, was filmed in Vancouver. Yeah, totally. Okay. I, the only reason I know that is because the stunt person who died in Vancouver while filming it. Hmm? Oh, yeah. Right there base. was a stunt person who died while filming this movie. Wow. Shit. Ryan Reynolds was really good about it. Like he posted a lot of really good stuff about her and like everything. But like, yeah, it's kind of sad. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of my biggest disappointments was the use of the New Zealand kid. Um, I don't know if yes. you guys have seen Hunt for the Wilder People. Yeah, yeah it's so He basically good. plays the same character, but in Hunt for the Wilder People, he's so much better. Like, yes. Yeah. And he doesn't have powers. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> like, he's, um, what's the guy's name? Sam. Neil. Sam Neil. Yeah, from Jurassic Park. Uh, yeah. Him and this kid in a movie where they're, like, in the wilderness, like, and he's, like, the same character of, like, uh, a loud-talking kind of youngster who's, like, a kid but acts like an adult. Uh Hilarious movie. Funny. Great. It's Same so guy who good. directed Thor Ragnarok, by the way. Yeah. Um, Taika Waititi. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, he just seemed like an imitation of that character as opposed to, like, that character. That's yeah. what I felt, too. And, and a lot of the, the funny moments for him didn't land for me. The like, kid? the whole prison pocket, uh, <laughs> shiv sort of thing. Some of it them was, landed. It some was, of them landed. It was chuckle-worthy. But, I, uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm crazy now because, like, some of the things that I did find funny or everything like you guys are naming them. <laughs> oh, okay. you know and like i mean i did i mean that's why it works everyone's gonna find something funny about yeah it. yeah i mean like if you shoot that many shots you're gonna land with someone but like you, you have the basketball reference there as like you shoot a lot of shots and some of the jokes land but i feel like the jokes are so diverse that for everyone it's gonna be 50 50 mm, like yeah. people have different uh, tastes fair, yeah. and jokes and like these people are gonna like these jokes these other people are gonna like these jokes but overall everyone gets some that they like and some that they don't like i think mm-hmm. that's what i was trying to say but better <laughs> so thank you yeah i think um julian dennison was probably my biggest disappointment for this movie because i had like really Ooh. uh the new zealand actor oh, okay. oh. um because, yeah, I really loved him in Hunt for the Wilder People, and I'd heard an interview with him before seeing Deadpool. Um, but, yeah, he played kind of just like a less good version of his Hunt for the Wilder People It's probably character. more interesting if you haven't seen Hunt for the Wilder People. I yeah, haven't, and I, I actually thought he was... Like, point, to that <laughs> yeah. point, I thought well, he... I liked him. Yeah, uh, and, I mean, I think part of it, too, is, um, like... Ryan Reynolds is always going to be the funniest one in these movies, right? Like, that's sort of the nature of his character, is that that's the role he plays is kind of the jackass. But, like, LeBron James reference, he can't carry the whole team by himself. He needs some supporting cast. Uh, Yeah. 
I thought like his supporting cast was a bit weak. The New Zealand kid was like his Kevin Love, and then there was nobody <laughs> after that. Cable was the most disappointing part of this movie. Oh yeah, Josh Brolin coming back. Wait, I actually the other big baddie. Yeah, I actually kind of disagree with that because I think I feel like a lot of the stuff that I found funny didn't have much to do. Like it wasn't coming from Ryan Reynolds or Deadpool. Like a okay, lot of like fair. seeing the the parachute in the air by its <laughs> the, like that yeah. kind of stuff and like uh, what else. Uh, there's other stuff too. <laughs> I like that they had more original humor as opposed to relying on references like the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like there was an example, he was fighting Cable for the first time, and then he like breaks his arm and starts choking him with his arm, and it's <laughs> like that's just a funny thing that's you can do with Deadpool's character because right. it has like infinite regeneration. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's like stuff like that I liked, and they did more of that. Yeah, I mean, I did find Cable to be kind of like Terminator light. Um, Especially at the end, like yeah, they set him up with like this mystery, and then they never did anything with it. Yeah, and I also thought it was like a little, um, I don't know, weak to have Deadpool and Cable have sort of their motivations to be the same. It's like, oh, someone killed our family, whatever, right? And I get that that's you know a legitimate thing, but like <laughs> as far as like hero motivation goes, but like. To for it to be kind of the same for both of them like really? it's a bit of a cop-out at the end where he's just like oh my family will be fine in the future like yeah. that's, your, <laughs> that's the only reason you're part of this movie is like your family right yeah what the fuck like what are you gonna do now yeah like, like no no one that he encountered in the past gave him any reason to like them more than his family yeah so it makes zero sense and it actually, it reminds me of my, my second uh, five-word review. Just liked it better as Looper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was very Looper. I'm, I'm being very, like, negative. But I, I, like, I did like the movie, but mm-hmm. it did... I Callbacks of Looper kept running through my mind. Um, it's actually, I never thought about that, but now that you say it, yeah. Yeah, like, um, Cable is Bruce Willis. Deadpool is... Uh, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt because his face is all messed up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, by far my favorite part of the movie, Juggernaut. Which, I don't know if you guys know, voiced by Ryan Reynolds. I just learned what? that today. Interesting. I, I was Even like, I, I actually looked it up because yeah. I was like, who voiced that? Like, I'm wondering who they did that. And I was like, oh, it's Ryan Reynolds. Huh. That's cool. Um, but I loved when he showed up. Like, they were kind of foreshadowing, like, a bigger character. And then, like, I don't know. Like, they fucked up that character so much in X-Men The Last Stand that for them to come and come back and do it some justice, I was like, yeah, as a fan, I kind of appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the 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 thing that I heard a lot of people buzzing about is is like the whole the reveal of Juggernaut was a big part of the movie. They I did it very it. well. Like, yeah, and mm-hmm. and I kind of like the mislead. Like, this is we'll get more into this. I like um, movies that will lead you down one path and then zag right at the end. And I liked how Juggernaut was, like, a completely insane character. Like, yeah. it was really different than what we had seen with a lot of, like, characters that they do with that. It was, like, it was so comical. Like, with how big he was, even. Like, yeah. it's almost more ridiculous than what the Hulk looks like. like. Like, it looks like a cartoonish character. And I thought that that worked. And, like, you put something like that in Avengers Infinity War, and you take a serious tone and you can't, like, it disrupts it. But in a silly movie like this, like, it actually works. So, mm-hmm. like, I appreciated that they got away with that. And, like, I, like, even, like, they didn't 
do much with it at the end, but even just for the one scene of like the reveal and then he rips Deadpool in half, I'm yeah, like, yeah. cool, that's yeah, all I need. I'm going to tear your spine out now. <laughs> <laughs> some some quality dialogue. Yeah. Although, I feel like they, like, because he's not Professor X's brother in the comics, is he? He is. Is he? I read. I watched a YouTube video. And I learned everything <laughs> so I need. Everything I didn't know about Juggernaut. Because uh, I knew his powers came from like a metal, but I didn't really know much about the character aside from that. Oh, so. I I still don't know a lot. Apparently, so the things I do know is he is Professor X's, X's brother. His helmet keeps Professor X from going into his mind, like right. Magneto's. It's like Magneto's, yeah. Yeah, and um, his like something about his power where like if he has any amount of momentum like even the tiniest amount he's unstoppable uh the only reason i know that his power comes from a metal is because of the phone app contest of champions game (laughs) where it's like people fight against each other yeah because it said it it's like i don't read marvel comic books so that's the only reason i know that yeah My only context for Juggernaut is I used to watch the X-Men Evolutions cartoon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, he was on that one. But, like, I don't really remember anything about him except that he was just sort of this, yeah, unstoppable So, how did you feel about X-Men Apocalypse? Which one was that? The the most recent X-Men movie. The one with the... Oh, with Apocalypse. (laughs) Oscar Isaac. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen it. That's, that's, that's a good how thing. I feel about it. Don't, don't watch it. <laughs> okay, okay, good to know. I'm not, like, I want to be more into these new X-Men movies, and I like the actors that are in them, but... So, here's something I'm interested in asking you about. Okay. This new X-Men movie, it's a Dark Phoenix movie that's about um, Sansa Jean Stark's Grey. character. Yeah, yeah. Jean, Jean Grey. Um, and they have... Uh, oh, shit. What's her character? Uh, Zero Dark Thirty. <laughs> the actress's name. She was also in Molly's uh, Jessica Chastain. Jessica Chastain. Okay. She's in this? They're building it up as kind of like a, not obviously, but like kind of like a female empowerment movie. Okay. And I want to ask you about what do you feel about those type of movies like Ocean's 8 and Ghostbusters. And I'll also <laughs> Those throw are a bad example. <laughs> and I'll also throw a good example of Annihilation in there of oh, like, okay. here's movies that are kind of, I don't want to say like they're using female empowerment as a marketing play. But it's like they're using that more as Ghostbusters did. Yes, Mark, <laughs> Ghostbusters definitely did. Um, but it's something. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh no! Sorry. No, absolutely nothing happened to you, listeners. Our guest did not just spray beer in somebody's face. Yeah. Um, Sorry. Not my face. Uh, but anyway, so like, and, and I think this kind of get used in Black Panther a little bit as well, where like the social, like, equality of that like. <laughs> casting of movies becomes more of a marketing ploy than the movie itself tiptoeing around so how do you feel about that? <laughs> yeah i mean the way that i feel about it and i haven't seen all these movies um but you know what i'm down like <laughs> pander to the female audience like honestly at this point um like i just am like really hungry for more representation hmm. and even if it's not great um i think like just the volume of it is really important. Um, and part of it too is like, I think that like it, even if it fails, like let, let female casts fail and then make more movies with them. Let female directors fail and then give them a chance to make more of these films. Cause there's so many films, right? Like all of film history is dominated by 
white men for the most part and I think that just getting more voices out there is really important and even if it's not done well I think it's important to still do it interesting that's how I feel and that's then the a next... whole other conversation <laughs> right now, and then the next step is Asian people yeah <laughs> yeah um because there was that marketing campaign that came out what's his name John Cho John Cho yeah because there's a, a marketing campaign where it's like John Cho's face photoshopped over like other actors and oh, I saw like that. all these yeah, movie posters um, and I was talking about uh, talking with you guys about this before we were recording but there's a movie called Columbus uh, where he he's phenomenal in it but again he's not drawing out big audiences so no one really hears about the movie but again phenomenal performance go see Columbus <laughs> let's get back to Deadpool 2 yeah. uh, what's your like your general like if you have to give it out of a 10 what would you give huh. it was where it was a very opposite reaction that I had with Infinity War, where I came in low, I left pretty high. Um, with, well, maybe not completely opposite, but with Deadpool, I came in high to mid, and I left high to mid. Hmm. So overall, like, a solid 7.5 pushing to an 8. That's hmm. high. I, pretty high, I would yeah. echo kind of the way that you felt about Avengers Infinity War. Like, I had some expectations for Infinity War, but I dislike Deadpool 1 so much that I came in with very low expectations. You disliked Deadpool 1? Mainly because of the fans. Because of, yeah, but yeah. like the movie itself. No, the, the, the movie had way too many references that just did not land for me and it wasn't funny. There was a, like, the things I liked in Deadpool 1 were the roommate and a taxi driver. And they had more stuff like that in Deadpool 2 where it was like original comedy that was more situational and not just like a reference. Um, I so, feel the other, I feel like Deadpool 1 had more of that. Really? A li- yeah, a little bit. If I'm more not, references, I'm not... huh? More references or more no, original? I feel like Deadpool two had more references, and Deadpool one was more situational because they were trying to like introduce the character. Yeah, maybe. But I think a big part of this is my expectations were low because I didn't like Deadpool one. So when it had some jokes that I liked, I was like, <laughs> oh, that's funny, and that was it. That's all I needed to enjoy from it. Wait, what was your rating? Yeah, what was your rating? <laughs> uh, I think I gave it a six and a half to seven. Okay. Wait, that's your more enjoyed rating? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I have very specific ratings. I rate everything out of 100, and like 70 is like my decent range. Mm. You can go for it. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'd give it a 7 out of 10. I liked it. Um, it wasn't my favorite thing in the world, but I like, I thought it was really funny. I liked a lot of the jokes. Um, yeah, I really like Deadpool. I think he's a very interesting character. Um, and one thing that I didn't mention, um, but I was thinking about with this film, is I love the way that Deadpool's character plays with um, gender performance. Mm. And, like, you know, in that opening sequence, he's, like, wearing the heels, and play, it's playing 9 to 5, and he's, you know, beheading everyone. Oh, yeah. And, so and that was one thing I liked. On Deadpool 1, they made jokes about things, but they didn't overcome them. Like... They had the credits jokes of like, oh, we have average European villain, mm-hmm. and then they just had an average European villain. They made jokes in this one about like all the diversity stuff, but then they actually had a very diverse cast, and it was like overcoming what they were making fun of. Yeah. So I like that. Yeah, and like then throughout the film, like he's you know his relationship with um, Colossus is that the guy? Yeah. Yeah, uh, like he's they're sort of he's flirting with him the whole <laughs> time, and and Colossus comes and saves him, and is like carrying him yeah. like in the fans all right so i really um i think that like 
sort of gender play is really interesting and really refreshing, especially in this universe. Yeah, it mirrored, like, the whole sequence with Colossus uh, carrying Deadpool. It mirrored the slow motion part of Deadpool 1, where he actually first saw um, Vanessa after oh, she had gotten... Yeah. It was, like, in slow motion, and he was, like, like doing this to her. Oh, and like, yeah. <laughs> and then it was the same thing with him when being carried by Colossus. So that's a fair point. Can I bring up one point? One, one thing we didn't really touch on this in Infinity Wars, but uh, the the use of CG in Deadpool is they always nail it for me. They they always do at least a couple like gratuitous CG moments, like time slowdowns, fight scenes, stuff like that, where they're really showing off the capability of it, um, and they they know what they're doing. It's like a very like, Infinity War Deadpool. 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 Okay. Infinity War was was pretty much what you expect. There were some yeah. pretty good fight scenes, but nothing, nothing really pushing the limits of it. Um, but I think at the same time, the the effects, like one of the more powerful effects, was how he manipulates reality in Infinity War and how like Drax turns to cubes when he comes out in time. That is pretty good. Cool. Or like no, ribbons. Like, you don't yeah. even think of it as a gratuitous effect. It's just like it's a that this happened. That yeah. Yeah. So I felt they were more subtle with it, whereas like in, in Deadpool, they're like, "This is a." Oh yeah, I, I would rank them about the same for. Oh, yeah, I guess. Oh wait, sorry. yeah, we have one left. <laughs> What's I, the rating? I give it like as much as I hated on it, like while we're talking about it, I <laughs> I give it like a solid seven point five. Um, I had another point, but then I forgot. So I'm glad we that we're ending this episode on solo because I feel like we're agreeing too much and it's gonna get. A little bit heated. Uh, anyway, we're going to end this segment. <laughs> we're going to go into... Rebecca, you're getting to know you questions. Also, did I say your names when we started off this episode? Yes, you did. Because so. I feel like I didn't. You're you drunk, did. but... Yeah, yeah. That's true. Carson, go home. You're um, okay, rapid <laughs> fire questions. Uh, who would you cast for yourself in a biopic of yourself? Oh, shit. Um, Searchy. I mean, ideally... Um, too much beer what's her name joan holloway it's working christina <laughs> Hendricks. oh that, yeah, that's oh, a good oh damn fuck <laughs> like in my like my ideal self <laughs> for uh, the viewers at home i have red hair <laughs> um if you had yeah, to pick one infinity <laughs> stone to wield which one would you wield uh reality why oh. um because you can change your reality it just seems the most interesting to me I don't remember the how other long? stones. <laughs> okay. How long does the reality change last? Oh, that's a as good question. As long as you want it? I'm going to go Dungeons and Dragons rules of as long as you're concentrating. Because um, when they leave, it goes away. Okay. okay. Uh, what color would your lightsaber be? Uh, purple. That's a good one. Good choice. <laughs> Any reason? Uh, I just think it's the coolest. It's my favorite color. <laughs> so the Samuel L. Jackson rule. Yep. Uh, you can travel to any fictional planet which planet do you travel to um naboo you Sorry. must like sand no that wait <laughs> that's not naboo that's tatooine yeah there you go which one does jar jar binks live on naboo, naboo. <laughs> <laughs> no, you chose a bad planet not the not the jar jar binks one the part that they filmed in spain and italy <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if you Spanish had the force, what was the first thing that you would do with it? Um, 
I would use it to just like sit in one place and like bring my phone from across <laughs> the room to me. <laughs> phone, remote, yeah, food, all the things. We fly. Yeah. Can you fly? If you you're can strong jump enough. A lot. That's right. Yeah. I bet Yoda can fly. He just doesn't because he's cool. All right. So one other question that we didn't uh, get to that we wanted to get uh, at some point in there, and I forgot is. Uh, I was going to ask one of you guys, who should play the next Wolverine? So let's do a round table on that. Who Don't should try. play the next Wolverine in your guys' opinions? Because it's definitely going to happen in the MCU. So is uh, Hugh Jackman retired from yeah, playing he's Wolverine done. now? He's, he's like... Does he have a son? <laughs> <laughs> Can you say holographic Hugh Jackman? <laughs> oh, they're going to Star Wars him. Oh, no! yeah. You know he's going to be all dead-faced. <laughs> <laughs> Polar Express eyes just looking right at you. So any options? Hmm. I'm bad at this. I want them to go like short and like just an animal type person where he's not even really a character. He's just like more of a thing. Like an Emil Hirsch? No. Oh. Who's that? Uh, was in oh. Lone Survivor. Into the Wild. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I know who that is. The or uh, Joaquin Phoenix? Joaquin Phoenix could pull it off. He's too good for that shit. Do better. Than <laughs> he's too good, good looking. Joel no, Edgerton. He's too good of an actor. <laughs> Joel Edgerton. That's fair. Just in terms of looks. But they're gonna cast like a twenty-year-old. Yeah, they are. Uh, Taylor Kitsch. <laughs> he's like forty. What? He's old. I'm sure. Oh, so it's just them casting him as like every right, so we have no good options for wolverine let's <laughs> in, move on in my mind i'm trying to go for like the hairiest actor who's like the hairiest dude actor it's not a thing right now uh it's, no like the, the 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 only actor i can think that like has any body hair at all is uh, uh <laughs> lead of anchorman will farrell farrell <laughs> there we go we got there yeah the only person that's coming to my mind right now because we keep bringing him up on our episodes are, what's his name? Uh, the guy who was in Adam Devine? Is that his name? Oh. <laughs> I just, we keep mentioning him, Fuck so we just no. gotta keep that. No. God, Devine no. As Wolverine. Um, okay. Adam Driver as Wolverine. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. He could be good at everything. The tallest, yeah. lankiest Wolverine. <laughs> the Wolverine him. that writes poetry <laughs> <laughs> on public transit. It's so good. Um, so our piece de resistance of the episode, uh, the only reason I say that is because for some reason we've mentioned that term in like four of our episodes before, uh, but our last movie <laughs> that we're going to talk about, Solo, one of the most disappointing movies of the year. Uh, <laughs> According to some. <laughs> but, but tell me how you're real. Really. All right. <laughs> just, just start it off. What do you guys think? Or no, let's do the five, five words to explain the movie. Five words to explain the movie. I guess I would say... Uh, the movie no one really asked for. <laughs> oh, that was six. six. <laughs> I can take the really out of there. The movie no one asked for. I'm going to say no expectations, but still worse. <laughs> I thought it was going that direction. You, you ready or? I'm not, you go. Okay. Yeah. Um, first half bad, more capes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
can interchange capes with Lando. Did like Lando. <laughs> uh, no, I can't figure out my words. <laughs> Very childish, no Gambino. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have one oh, word shoot. to spare. Uh, you don't have to use all five. Well, I Just don't know. start saying words and then stop at five or add. <laughs> okay. That's what we usually do. How about... Uh, Four to six words. <laughs> uh, no Death Star this time. Hey! That's right. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, that's good. So what... What is there to like about this movie? Someone please answer that. <laughs> uh, so... Not Han Solo himself. I... You didn't like him? No. I actually liked him later in the movie. I wanted him I to have... thought was one of the only good things about the movie. Okay. I wanted Whoa. him to have more charisma. I liked that it was... That it took place in the Star Wars universe, but that it wasn't about, like, the Death Star <laughs> and the Jedi. I appreciated and, that, yeah. Like, I liked that it, like, it did some interesting, like, world-building stuff. Um, I thought it was fun to watch a heist movie in this universe. There was a I heist like movie I- in there somewhere. Yeah. I like the idea of making a heist movie, but when it's really boring, <laughs> that's not interesting. That's the first half for me, though. Like, the first half was boring. This what do you guys think about the train scene? It's okay. Liked it. I thought Going it was the there. most boring thing. Like, com- like, where would you rank that in terms of train heists all time, or even, like, movie heists all time? Train like, heists is happens. pretty overdone already. Yeah, it was like kind every, of Like, every other action movie That was their first mistake then. <laughs> but there's no tension. Like, for me, if you're going to make a Star Wars movie that is on its own adventure, like, it should... Like, one of the reasons why you want to have a solo adventure is because it's just, like, good on its own. You have good action scenes. And it doesn't need to connect to all that other Star Wars bullshit like the Jedi and the Sith and the Empire. But you have just good action scenes. And, like, I was falling asleep almost every action scene. Like, there was nothing. There was no tension. The only thing that I was interested in during the train sequence was I thought that it was going to be Boba Fett who shot uh, Jon Favreau's character. Jon Favreau? The Rio guy. That was Jon Favreau? That was Jon Favreau. Um... And then I was like, oh, this is way too obvious. They're telegraphing this. And then it didn't end up being Boba Fett. So I was like, okay, whatever. Um, but like, it was such a boring scene. And then there was just nothing interesting. And then it was almost worse that the Kessel Run is such a thing that's been built up in Star Wars mythology that like, if you're going to take that on and do the Kessel Run, yeah. you have to do it interesting. And it was, if that was not the Kessel Run, I would have already forgotten about that entire sequence. Like, there was nothing interesting about it. They I, did a more exciting version of it during the Star Trek movie 10 years ago where they tried <laughs> to, like, escape the black hole. I kind of liked that. Oh, well, yeah. Considering that, that, yeah, it makes sense. But I did kind of like the Kessel Run. It just, I think it fell victim to to the hype that you mentioned. Like, everyone blew up the Kessel Run. There's this great big thing. And then, like, if it was, if that wasn't the case, if it wasn't such a big deal... That, I, I would have found that a little more cool. Like, I still kind of liked it. But, like, you've taken that on. You've made a conscious choice to do the Kessel Run. And you all, like, <laughs> this is something where there's a pilot in a bar saying, my ship did the Kessel Run. <laughs> and then Ray, 30 years later, is saying, oh, you did the Kessel Run in 14 parsecs? And not 12. But it's like, this seems like something that everyone should know. Like, the Kessel Run, quote-unquote, is, like, a big thing. Like, what yeah, they this- did is, like... There's it's, a giant space squid. <laughs> and, like, a bla- and a black hole. But like, yeah. when you're calling it the Kessel Run, it's like a big thing that everyone in the galaxy would know about, and it wasn't. It was just like, that's a path you take to a planet. 
Yeah. And then yeah. when he comes out after and he's like, oh, I did, I did the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs. And the guy beside him is be like, I don't give a shit. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, why would anyone care about how somebody got through that adventure? Like, they were stuck with it being parsecs instead of like a time unit. And they, you chose to do something that was not a good idea to do because you can't do that well. And then they didn't do it well. I think it was kind of safe because like the whole fact about the Kessel Run mostly being... The reason why it's not safe is because no one knows what's outside of the regular Kessel Run, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because if you go outside of this path, no one knows what's gonna happen. No one knows what's gonna happen to you, but you're not gonna come back. But like, there's no one who's saying like, "Oh man, that guy did the Kessel Run in 20 parsecs instead of 22." Like, <laughs> that's just like that's just a route. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, okay, I like this movie, <laughs> but. Um, I thought it would have been more interesting to explore parts of Han Solo's past that, like, we don't know about. Like, yeah, yeah for example, like, we like if we'd seen something that was not the Kessel Run or not how Han and Chewie meet or, you know, like, they could have gone so many directions with this film and it felt like a little bit of a cop-out to me to just kind of, like, do the greatest hits. They answered so many questions that we didn't need to know the answers to. We did to. Yeah. not need to know. It was great. They gave us all of the things they said they were going to do, and then they did them. (laughs) That was it. This movie has the potential, like, bounty hunters in space, like, smugglers in space. It's pirates in space. You can have just wacky characters on adventures, but instead, it's like, this is how he got his last name. This This is is how how he he shot first. So, okay, that's another (laughs) issue. Is like, they needed to build a character where you could believe that he was the type of person to shoot first. Mm -mm. But they didn't do that. What they did instead is they just had him shoot first at the end. They made him into a hero who was not the type of person who would shoot first, and they said, oh, just make him shoot first. And no, that's, but that's I the think, character you need, I right? think he, he still was... He wasn't a hero, but he was still the kind of person that would shoot first. I, I didn't have a pro- any problem with... like as Even though I saw it coming... Well, I kind of saw it coming. But I, I didn't have a problem with him shooting first because I feel like that, that fit. Like it was, I don't think it fit at all. They, they, they did a lot of like saying without showing. There yeah. was a, there was a lot of like, Han, you're a very good person and a righteous person. <laughs> you never see him really be good and righteous. I mean, you see kind of at the end he's helping out um, the raiders that you know. But it's like I don't want him to be good and righteous. He has that character arc in the Star Wars trilogy. Make him to be like a scumbag like Peter Quill in the Marvel movies. This is just like kind of good, but like mostly a scumbag. Mm -hmm. That's the trouble with conflicted characters. You can't just fall back on an archetype. You have to show both sides of them and, and play to both sides of them. They, they do an all right job of it. They're, they're a lot stronger like conflicted characters out there in in terms of movies <laughs> but like there's really good examples of Miro or movies that are based on anti-heroes uh look at the the man with no name trilogy with clint eastwood um how it's like this guy he, he doesn't need to have the whole character arc of being maybe good or maybe helping the rebels you can just have somebody who's an asshole and you can build a character around that yeah and how, like, how do you get that. to that point though how do you get You don't from... need to get to that point. You just make that movie. You're, oh, bor- you're born with a stogie in your mouth. <laughs> just give him a reason to be cynical about the world and then have him do asshole stuff. Yeah, or even like the character of DJ in The Last Jedi, right? Like show him <laughs> playing both sides 
Like, because he's not invested in this, like, I mean, conflict that hasn't started, but, like, he doesn't care about the Empire, right? I'd rather him be worse of a person in these movies so that his yeah. character arc in the trilogy seems better. Yeah, like, having him start out as this kind of, like, wide-eyed, <laughs> but, like, you know, like, tough on his luck, scrappy <laughs> kid. It's like, like a musical. Yeah, <laughs> I like. mean, I feel like it kind of undermines the development um, that happens in the original trilogy of his I think they're banking on all the Star Wars fans nowadays not remembering the original trilogy. They're yeah. too young. They're, yeah. they're all 10 years old. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is kind that, of a kid's movie. Yeah, going going for what I was seeing in the theaters, you wouldn't be too far off. <laughs> yeah. Also, it falls into that trap of just way too many references. And I know they toned it yes. down a little bit, but every time the movie got some momentum going, they threw in a reference where I'm like, and this is not going to translate onto a podcast, but I'm sitting there, I'm like enjoying the movie, and then they make a reference, and I'm like, like I groan. Like it's I'm for the groan. podcast audience, he was groaning. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was the facial expression that you make when you groan. <laughs> but it's like they're talking about like he's meeting uh, Her- what's his name? Uh, Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. They're going on an adventure, and it's Harry like, Wilson. oh, we could have just hired Bosk. And I was like, you need to throw in Bosk there. That was actually one of the better references that I thought because it was just like yeah. a side mention. Mm-hmm. But then like they're in the middle of the the heist on Kessel and then Chewie rips somebody's arms off and it's like that doesn't make sense at all for what's happening right now with these characters but it's like oh Wookiees rip your arms off they mentioned that in that, the that didn't so even relate that. to like the context of the Wookiee ripping people's arms off in yeah. the original yeah. trilogy it's just like there was so much stuff like that where it's like and again the dice they never explain the dice they just have them there Sorry. Right. On the note of the dice, I actually didn't even notice them through the original trilogy. Me neither. And it just became a big thing in the okay. no I thought that was the only yeah. one. Yeah. Because uh-uh. they was... brought this up in episode eight, and I was like, wait, what dice? Yeah. Yeah, no. And then, like, I saw like, the other day, I was watching some random YouTube video, and then there was, like, a screenshot of uh, A New Hope. Yeah. And then it was the cockpit of the Falcon, and then there's, like, the dice in the picture, but they circle it in red so you'll see it. Because otherwise, yeah. I won't, you won't see it. No, I've and, seen that snapshot. Like, yeah. And when did this di- these dice become such a huge Star Wars phenomenon? Yeah, I don't know. Well, I, I guess the answer is during... During The, the Last Jedi. The, or, <laughs> no, the, before the... Well, kind of during The Last Jedi. Or The Last... Like, is when it became popular like yeah. everyone else. Mm-hmm. I guess. But yeah. Sorry, that was just one thing that... What a... I'm interested in, so this is one of those movies, and Star Wars has kind of had hiccups like this in the past with um, Rogue One. The shittiest Star Wars movie. <laughs> the, worse Agre- than the prequels? Agreed. 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 It's not worse than the it's prequels. Not worse than the prequels. <laughs> Actually, it's not worse than the prequels. We don't but it's talk pretty, about it's, the prequels. It's not as good as a lot of people I'm going to say the prequels had uh, a vision to them of being an actual movie that these... Bullshit Disney corporate products are. <laughs> yeah, the vision was making them. Star Wars a political like drama. I respect that, like a political drama in space. Yeah. That's a movie. It would be it's, if you if it, it wasn't, wasn't very shit. well. It wasn't executed well, but it was a vision of something. It's very like Fall of the Roman Republic, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, history <laughs> and shit. I like, mean, there, there's so many examples of like that story being told way better, but it's like they tried to do something, whereas this like. Okay, how how many people can we play to within a two hour span? Okay, do we got we got the five year olds, <laughs> we got the ten year olds, we got the forty year old fans. Can we impress everyone in this two hour span? Look, they got me. Okay, <laughs> I 
I mean, like, I'm not saying it was great. I just enjoyed Rogue One. I enjoyed watching Rogue One. So one thing I'll say about Rogue One is the ending action scene of Rogue One, like, it's, regardless of what the movie is, like, that's an enjoyable action scene. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's good action. There's no good action in Solo. Like, there's nothing that I would ever play where I was, like, there's tension or anything. Especially because when you're doing a prequel, you know everyone survived. (laughs) It cuts away all tension. It's also very different. Like, when you have lightsabers, you can have choreographed fight scenes that are a little more chunky than what you can get with a gun. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's what a lot of people really enjoy or like about Rogue daggers. One is, yeah, yeah, you have, like, I don't know, you have, you know, vibro sticks and <laughs> whatever whatever their, uh, other crazy crap they have there. Um, I, I, I like the idea of a crime syndicate in space. Yes. yes. Like, that whole idea of it's a heist movie, it's crime syndicates, it's smugglers in space. You should be able to do a really fun movie with that, but instead they, like, they have this theme of what Star Wars needs to be, which is like this inspirational people who are doing good for the world. <laughs> and it's like, that should not be part of this movie. Yeah, that I think like the fact that they had to keep falling back on that or like base the movie on that is like, it, it kind of ruined it a but little bit. But they're doing a similar thing to, um, so for the MCU, I don't know if you guys know this, but they actually shot every MCU movie with the same camera. Not like the same physical camera, but the same brand of camera, same <laughs> right. model of camera. Because they want everyone to look like feel like it's in the same universe. And they're doing it with the Star Wars universe where, I don't know if it's the same camera, but it's that same tone. So it feels yeah. like it's the same. But like I don't think they need to do that, especially in a universe as vast as like no. the Star Wars universe. True. And it's like... Because it's a real you, universe? Yeah, like you can have different types of story all set in the same universe. Yeah, I agree. I think like something that really undermines this film is um kind of the need for people to like han solo i think it would have been more interesting yeah for sure if he was an anti-hero and um i mean yeah the thing again about doing the kessel run is like you know the outcome you know he does it you know it's like his (laughs) thing right so if he'd done something different there was more opportunity for failure on his part which would have added like more tension to the film yeah, with all the choices that they made, they didn't take a lot of risks, and so that translated to the stakes being very low. Yeah. Um, and one thing that I really, really wished is that they would take some opportunities to subvert what you're expecting. Yeah. Like, the there was this one setup where he walks up to the counter and, Han, what's your last name? Oh, you're oh, traveling all God. alone, huh? I was just waiting for I like, that. okay, Zag, Zag at this moment, yeah. call him like Han Loner or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> even that, like, even yeah. if he did what, say yeah. Han what Loner, that be a, still would have been bad. Everyone, <laughs> that would have hit, Every, like, people would have laughed at that, perhaps. <laughs> but no, they're just like, ah, your name is, turns to the camera, Han, Han Solo. <laughs> like 15 seconds Look, for him to say that. Yeah. yeah. It's like the actor had to pull it out of him. It's like, yeah. There was never any point where I was wondering what was going to happen next. Exactly. No, well, well, there was two things. Sorry, really quick. There's okay. two things that surprised me in the movie, like throughout the whole movie. That uh, Woody Harrelson's crew died so early, mm-hmm. and to Darth Maul. Those were the only two surprises okay. I had. <laughs> Woo! We got there, folks. <laughs> can we? Wait, let me. Boop, 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 before we, before we jump into Darth Maul territory, yeah. you go first. Yeah, okay. I just have like another sort of thing on the point that I was making before about. Even where um, Kira decides to, like, not go with him. Like, that seems like something, like, oh, like, 
you know, because they seem to have this connection and yeah. this history, right? And she doesn't go with him, and it sort of seems like it might be surprising, but you know they don't end up together, right? Like, you know that, like, <laughs> Han is hitting on Leia later, right? And so, like, even the stakes of that are low, even though in the film itself it is a little surprising, right? You're like, oh, you think that yeah, they're maybe no, going to go together. I, I like that they're trying to set up a longer-term vision of how he becomes cynical, of, like, oh, he got betrayed, and this yeah. actually leads to him down the road becoming cynical. Yeah. So I'm like, that part I was okay with, but then as soon as she made the decision to, like, go that direction, I was like, all right, whatever. I don't, I don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> yeah. I did like her character, though. I thought she was a little more I hate Amelia Clark, so. <laughs> oh, Woo! all right. Um, <laughs> I liked her. Um, I, I kind of liked how her motivation seemed a little more complex. Um, I didn't understand I liked what that her motivations too. are. And I, like, it's these logic gaps in the movie where they're like, the only reason why they could steal stuff from Kessel is because they weren't associated with the crimson whatever they are. Mm-hmm. But Go then on. you're going to send your general with a tattooed icon of your organization <laughs> with them if yeah. they get caught. That's very obvious. That's fair. Maybe that's why she stayed in the Falcon the whole time. No, she didn't. No, she was What do you like... guys think of the robot? Yes. Yes, L3. I loved her. Oh no! I loved her so much. You watched the half in the bag on this, right? Well, no, I did, but I also have my own opinion about L three. I I did not mind L three. Like L three is getting some hate. I actually at one point thought that L three was gonna die a little bit, and they were gonna plug it into another human being that was gonna end up being Lobot. And that never happened. What? Oh, that um, would have been cool. That would have been interesting. Oh, shit. That dude <laughs> on Lando's... Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's extremely um, creative. That, that was too creative for yeah. them. Yeah. Um, Cameo bot. <laughs> it was very obvious, like, K2SO worked in Rogue One, so let's duplicate that. And then what people are complaining about online is this person being social justice droid, uh, which is on one of our favorite YouTube channels. Uh, I didn't think it was that bad. Like It was a semi-interesting character and added a little bit to the Lando character, but I didn't love or hate it. It was just kind of like whatever. Yeah, like I liked the point of like the, the whole quote-unquote social justice droid. I liked that concept, like what she was doing. Mm-hmm. I, I The only problem I had with uh, L3 is that it was like, it was like kind of, it's kind of like Deadpool where everything had to be a joke. Yeah. Whereas L3 had everything had to be social justice droid. But that's <laughs> that's n- keeping in character with droids in the Star Wars universe. I mean, they're all very single-minded. Every droid oh. that you see kind of has one like personality quirk or neuroses that, yeah, that like, they just oh, will never point. overcome. It's yeah. part of their programming. Exactly. Like C-3PO is a thousand percent neurotic. <laughs> R2-D2 is just kind of an asshole, right? Like all of these droids are very like full-on with their personalities and so it did work for me but i didn't like l3 (laughs) (laughs) you are allowed to not like l3 (laughs) i feel like they gambled a lot on us all liking l3 because when you plug it into the millennium falcon you're like oh this great droid l3 lives on forever (laughs) but it's like i didn't really and also like you died because of a rebellion that you started so i don't know well no that's there's nothing wrong with that like she gave herself for her rebellion that's I mean, I didn't really care that she was plugged into the Falcon. Like, it doesn't make me more invested in this <laughs> ship or anything. But I thought her, I liked her character. I thought she was funny. I thought it was, um, like, added some nice texture to the universe to have a droid with a female voice. 
um, that, you know, was talking about droid rights. That was like <laughs> something a little fresh. Um, I know that she did it a lot, right? But like... Gwendolyn Christie's really good in this movie. <laughs> was that no? Okay, I was just about to say I I kept thinking that was her voice. It totally sounded like Gwendolyn Christie, but it who wasn't. who was it? It's like a um, nobody. I know, I know. Well, she's got Unknown. she's been in a couple. She's got a couple of TV shows. Um, her yeah, name. like she's done stuff, but she's yeah, not but she's not. Okay. Yeah, she's I not ju- on Game of Thrones. Like if I closed my eyes and she was talking, I would see Captain Phasma in my <laughs> in my mind because you. Which totally. is a negative because that's such a terrible. <laughs> I know. Oh, she could have been so good. Yeah. Yeah. Another episode. <laughs> Greatest anime betrayal. Top ten anime betrayal. Uh-oh. Anyway. <laughs> uh, okay, how about Lando? Let's move on to Lando. I really wanted to like Lando coming into this movie. And it's just like, I don't know if it's, they didn't have enough of him or like, there was no scene where there was like that great Lando moment that made me really like him. Like he was fine. <laughs> it wasn't bad, but it was like, it wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. I mean, they they could have done a lot more, but I, I feel like they just kept him on more on the side and let it focus on Han, which was uh, which I was okay with because the side parts, like the it was like the subtle funny things that he was doing, which I really really liked, like the whole uh, she's putting out a fire with his cape. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was really funny to me, and like the fact that he had a cape closet. It was the closet was excellent. Yeah, just but and like. I've I've heard complaints about him doing an impression of Lando. Yeah, I didn't get that at all. I yeah, I didn't, I didn't get, get that, that either. either. Like I j- I just one hundred percent liked his character. Yeah, he would have been like even if that wasn't Lando, I feel like that's still an interesting character. Yeah. So. And th- that like, that is part of the reason why like my whole thing is like the first half of the movie kind of sucked, but the second half like picked up and I actually. Did kind of liked it even without the the meaningful action. Mm-hmm. So you told me that before we before I watched this movie, and you said that like <laughs> first half was meh, second half was better. There was no point for me where it turned. Like, where's that point for you? Like, this is where the movie got better because I didn't get that. At it's all. it's not one hundred percent because Lando appeared, but like around that time, that's when it started picking up because the whole okay. So the first half I I include where they're on Corellia. And uh, he is like part of the empire, mm-hmm. which I should have liked. Like they, or I feel like they could have done a lot more with. When Han was uh, a storm, like a, an army stormtrooper, like yeah. not a full stormtrooper, because he didn't have the helmet, whatever. Like it was so, it felt like so fragmented. It almost felt like the you know the Fantastic Four movie, like the newest one. <laughs> have you guys seen the Fantastic Four movie? I don't know if I've seen okay, the newest one. Okay, basically the the. The Fantastic Four movie, it feels like there's a huge chunk missing. Okay. It's just like, it makes zero sense. And there's like parts of the first half of Solo that don't make any sense to me. And there's like, it feels like there's pieces missing. Like, it's just not, it doesn't flow. Yeah. And then also like the whole re- the whole fact of uh, Woody Harrelson taking him on. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, there was no reason for him to do that. Like, it, They bet the whole first part, part of the movie around there's this girl and I need to get back to her. Yeah. And then there's just a certain point where it's like, oh, I met her again. <laughs> that's it. There's like, there's nothing more. But yeah, but like on top of that, like when he's on that war planet and like he's trying to join Woody Harrelson's crew. What's his name? Beckett? Beckett, yeah. Beckett, yeah. And then like, Wood, Be- uh, sorry, Beckett uh, is doing everything in his power to like get him away and then he eventually is just like, okay, come with us. Yeah. 
I mean, I like I liked the uh, Beckett solo dynamic. I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Something that I read online about it is that Beckett's character was based on Long John Silver from Treasure Island. <laughs> Um, which like really makes sense when you think about it, right? He's this like pirate that gets this sort of more innocent kid into a kind of a life of piracy. You know, at the end of Treasure Island, Jim doesn't kill Long John Silver, but um, <laughs> I thought it was like an interesting um, thing, like an interesting dynamic. Anyway, yeah, I don't understand this reference because I don't read books. Um, <laughs> have you seen Muppet Treasure Island? No. Or... Have you seen Treasure Planet? <laughs> <laughs> all right you need to watch treasure planet <laughs> we'll just leave that one what? as audience you should check that out one out yeah, one one maybe like reason that i'm i'm hearing from a lot of critics about like trying to explain away like maybe where some of the problems arise from solo is uh the director switch so just like they had to go in for rewrites for row one they they had to uh swap out directors kind of as soon as screen. Clint Howard show up, I was like, Who's Clint you might Howard? As, Ron, Howard? Ron Howard's brother. Oh. Uh, you might as well have just put text on the screen being like, hey guys, this is a Ron Howard movie, remember? This is Ron Howard. <laughs> and I was like, it was so distracting. Expecting um, his uh, voiceover to just cut in. <laughs> I, I was tra- So I had a bet with some people before this of like, which scenes from the trailers were going to not be in the movie because they were <laughs> picked from the Lord Miller movie. And there wasn't a ton of them. There was only one that I remember, and it's like uh, Solo is saying to Chewbacca, he's like, oh, what do you think? And then Chewbacca growls. And that was like, in the movie. When? It was in the movie. I don't remember this at all. They were uh, either, I think they were either in uh, 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 Paul Bettany's, uh, uh, whatever it was. Yeah, his uh, office. His office yacht. party? Yeah. His office party? <laughs> Party yeah, is either that or when he was gonna meet Lando for the first time, I think. But he did; they did say that. Oh, I was watching for them. I didn't see. <laughs> um, but anyway, like, I, I wish I could have seen the Lord Miller movie. Like, I love those guys as directors. <laughs> like, I think they could have done so much good things with like. They said that they made this movie too silly, and that's why they fired them. And I was hmm. like. I would have wanted that. That's what I want. Those were the like some of the parts that I like the whole cape thing again. Yeah. Like the, I feel like they the whole L three would have been balanced more. There um, was a um the pre show for Cineplex, Canadian for our American viewers. Cineplex <laughs> is the Canadian theater chain. Um, there's like a, a pre show kind of thing where uh, Childish Gambino kind of does like a tour of the Millennium oh, Falcon. Yeah. And it's like, for me, that was more entertaining than like anything that was actually in the movie. Because uh, it was just like, oh, what would the Millennium Falcon be with Lando? Like, yeah, it would be kind of like a party bus. Yeah. I was like, that yeah. was interesting. It'd be like an all-leather interior, yeah. and here's my cape <laughs> closet. Yeah. Like One uh, funny anecdote I heard about Donald Glover, his mom was upset when he took the role because she loved the original Lando so much. <laughs> oh, Billy D. Williams? Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I can't imagine anyone else doing justice to that role. He's the perfect oh, yeah. Like, yeah. actor to cast for that. Yeah. It's funny because I actually didn't like him being chosen as... Because I like Donald Glover yeah. as everything. But then seeing him as... I couldn't buy into him as Lando. And then now, seeing him as Lando, I think he did a great job. What would you guys think of the poker scenes? Like, space poker, whatever it's called. Sabak. Sabak. Even though there was, like, no sense to what was happening, yeah. I, I still kind of liked it. Yeah, I was. I liked it. They really like to push a lot of things. On the table. 
I, yeah, no, like, I think that's the that's the universal sign for like this is big. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. It's the sound of many chips yeah. falling into Because the that's where it became obvious to me that they were trying to make a space western. You got a train heist, yeah. you got poker, you got betrayal. <laughs> like they're trying to make a space western, but like there just wasn't any scene that was interesting to me. Overall view of the movie. Oh, are we going to talk about Maul? Oh, oh yeah, we yes. didn't even get to Maul. We need to talk about Maul. What do you guys think? Okay, so I am very into Star Wars, but I don't, I haven't seen like the Clone Wars show or like the Rebels show or whatever. I have watched all of Rebels. Okay, so I haven't seen that. And so I didn't, so as far as I knew, Darth Maul got cut in half and fell down that well. In episode one. You're such a casual. <laughs> oh, fuck yourself. Um, Shit, EU showdown going on. You know what? All my books that I read are not canon anymore. What do you want from me? Um, so I thought he was dead. And when he showed up, I was like really against it. I was like, what the fuck? I felt like it was just like I, I hated it so much. And then I went and read up on what he's been up to, and now I'm very into it. So I, I am against it for very different reasons, because I love the Maul character in Clone Wars and Rebels. Okay. Like, for those of you guys who don't know in our audience, like, he gets cut in half, and his rage keeps him existing together long enough for him to get metal legs. And then he's basically on this revenge mission against the Emperor and Obi-Wan, because that's who betrayed him. He's like, oh, the Emperor sent me on, like, a death mission, and Obi-Wan's the one who killed me. So... This rage fuel Sith person who's not really a Sith anymore because he doesn't like the Sith. He's just like, I'm just a person who's really mad. Like, I really like that character. I really like the arc that he had. And then, spoiler alert, it all wraps up in him going against Obi-Wan and then he gets killed in Star Wars Rebels. Okay. And it's like, it's a really great scene because it's building up to a season three of Rebels. They're all building up to this Maul versus Obi-Wan adventure or like a battle and then he meets Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan just like cuts him in half and like right away. Again. And because he's like, because <laughs> Obi-Wan's like a really great Jedi. Yeah. And it's like, but there's an emotion there about revenge that you really feel what So they did that well. Right. And so when I saw the hologram with metal legs. Yeah. And like, I'll need like my girlfriend to correct me because she was there with me. <laughs> but like, I'm pretty sure I probably said out loud in the silence of the theater like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> I was like, this is so bad. And then, like, they made it worse because he looked like a cartoon. And I don't know whether that's because they added some visual effects to it or, like, maybe Ray Park got really bloated because it was it was Ray Park <laughs> yeah, playing him. because he hasn't yeah, been doing anything ever since. But it looked cartoonish. And then it's like, oh, I'm having a business meeting with, like, my syndicate. I'm going to pull up my lightsaber and just, like, that was my biggest problem. Uh, what the fuck are you doing? Like, yeah, why would Darth good. Maul be running a syndicate? He's on a personal revenge mission for like 10 years. This makes no sense for the character. They did it well in Rebels. It was one of the few good things about Rebels that was good. And now they're just going to fuck it up <laughs> in the movies just so that they can bring in some fans. No, so I was just, so annoyed. Just specifically the lightsaber. I was like, why are you pulling out your lightsaber? Like, <laughs> it's so clearly this is a Star Wars movie. There has to be a lightsaber somewhere. So in a hologram, he's, look, it's my lightsaber. And then... Well, and especially because he's, like, not this Sith anymore. Yeah. Like, I think it's more interesting for him to be this, like, yeah. crime lord. So it's like, yeah. why? Exactly. You no, exactly. lightsaber. I was Put happy enough. I was happy enough to see him, like, oh, surprise, he's there. Because I didn't see that coming at all. Yeah. And then, oh, look, he has metal legs. I'm clever because I know that. <laughs> <laughs> 
It, uh, they, they definitely could have left a little bit. They could have teased a little bit for something upcoming. Like, uh, is he or isn't he going to have a funky lightsaber <laughs> of some sort? Like, what, you know, what's going on with those metal legs? But they, they show a lot. They tell but they're me. setting this up because they got to make a Kenobi movie. And there's nothing you can do with Kenobi. So Without why not just have Maul? <laughs> And oh it's like, shit! Is he gonna be that thread that ties ties these packages together? So are they going to undo the rebel storyline, or are they gonna retell it? Because yeah. the rebel storyline is good enough; you don't need to retell it. It's fine. Well, and because according to Disney, the TV show is canon. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then why are they retelling a story <laughs> that they've already told? Right? Yes, like exactly. after after going through the effort of scrapping so much of the like pre-existing canon why are they fucking what they've decided is like part of it but like for me tying in rebels is interesting in concept because you can bring it yeah. like they ended off rebels it got canceled but there's still this jedi out there there's these characters out there where i want to see what ends up happening to them why they're not with the rebels by episode four but now it's like does any of that matter are you just gonna overwrite it like i I don't know. I want to see what happens, but it's like you the only reason you put that in there is because you want to play to some of the rebels and the Clone Wars fans and also tie back to the older movies, but like there's there's nothing you can do with it. And there was a little bit of me that was a little bit excited when I saw Maul, but then the more I thought <laughs> about it, I was like there's nothing good you can do with this. You're just going to fuck this up. <laughs> I will uh hold out hope, I guess, as I usually do because I like everything. I'm in the holdout hope camp. I, <laughs> yeah! Like, for me, I didn't... I was very surprised that I liked this. I was very surprised that I liked this movie and I didn't like Rogue One. Because <laughs> it had almost, it had very many things going against it. Rogue One was a solid story. I just didn't connect with any of the characters in the way that I did. Um, with Rank Solo, for some before reason. before Disney Star Wars movies. Um, oh, everybody. Should oh. I go from top to bottom or bottom to top? Top to bottom. Top to bottom. Um, top is going to be... The Force Awakens. The Force Awakens, thank you. Does anyone disagree with that? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'd say The Last Jedi. <laughs> Whoa, you're flipping away on okay, us here. Yeah, finish up right. yourself because we have another fight. Uh, <laughs> so The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, Solo... And Rogue One. Yep. <laughs> You're the same? My ranking is the same. What are you? After you, Carson. <laughs> I was going to say Force Awakens, and then like a mile later, there's The Last <laughs> Jedi, Rogue One, and then Solo. Okay, I'm going to say The Last Jedi. You just said that Rogue One was the worst Star Wars movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> He's just trying really hard not to agree with me. Uh, I'm going to say The Last Jedi. I'm going to tie uh, Force Awakens and Rogue One. And then... <laughs> and then uh, Solo was last. But Solo is not, like... It's kind of... Un- not unfair, but... It's unfortunate for Solo because... Actually, you know what? Yeah, it was kind of bad. Okay, so <laughs> where would you rank your number two, whatever it was, in the context of the Marvel movies? The MCU. Wait, what? So what what your number two was? So for you, you kind of put like last or uh, Force Awakens and, and Rogue One. One. Yeah. Where would you rank that in the nineteen Marvel movies? 
because for me there's a lot of the marvel movies and then there's doctor strange and iron man 2 and thor 2 that are the worst and i put every star wars movie that's not the force awakens in that same category as like the worst at like the 75% like the 60% mark yeah about 60 50% yeah no not 50 like solidly in the 60% mark for me yeah, it's hard to say. Like, I'm more invested in Star Wars movies. They were a bigger part of my childhood. Yeah. There's a lot of people that probably Marvel resonates a lot more for them. It was a bigger part of, you know, their growing up. Um, so, I would push... Off the strength of that, that's where my I would push them from. kind of in maybe bottom of the top third, if that makes sense. So, a little bit, hmm. a little bit higher than half. Yes, 65%. Yeah, 65, 70. Yep. Yeah. I'm at the point I have, at my desk at work, I have a bunch of Star Wars toys. And I, I'm looking for other toys that I can replace them with because, like, I'm actively I'll take like a non-Star Wars, Wars fan now. <laughs> like, they're fucking this whole thing up. <laughs> Disney. I don't like it. Didn't just, like, take a stand against Disney and leave your Star Wars toys. <laughs> uh... Yeah, I mean, similar to Tyler, I like, I have a strong connection to Star Wars. Like, uh, growing up with it, um, I don't really. Yeah, I don't think I can compare the two universes because, like, watching these movies are such a different experience for me. Like, going into a Star Wars movie, I have a lot more context, a lot more, um, like. I'm so much more invested in the characters and, and what's happening there. Whereas like I go into an Avengers or like a yeah Marvel movie kind of the same way I go into like a Fast and Furious movie where I'm just kind of <laughs> honestly oh, like I'm, I'm along for the ride <laughs> oh, and I, no. I like I'm there to have a good time. But like ultimately I'm not going to get that like upset about it or I'm not going to really love it. I mean, I really like Thor Ragnarok, but that was more about what the director was doing. Like I'm a big fan of that director. Um, but yeah, like I'm very invested in the star Wars universe. I don't really give a shit about Marvel. Um, so star Wars is always going to outrank pretty much everything for me. So comparing in, like Marvel universe, even rogue one. <laughs> yeah. Even rogue one. And like, the thing for me that worked for Solo that didn't work about Rogue One is I thought Rogue One just had like so many characters and they were all new and I couldn't connect to any of them because I didn't remember who was who and what their story was and all this <laughs> shit. Whereas when you're going into Solo, you automatically know, you know, Han and Chewie and Lando and that gives you a base and then anything you're learning about them is like a bonus on top of what you already knew and then the new characters like they come in too and it's just easier i find to like kind of uh have like an emotional anchor oh, i disagree so much okay <laughs> <laughs> i think I, I, could, I could see you cringing is yeah. like turning all the way I around just, i want that star wars movie that is just its own thing that is also good and happens to be a star wars movie well i mean they're yeah. slowly making pro like it went like the uh, Force Awakens, which was exactly A New Hope. Give and us then... 20 years and they will eventually make the Logan of the Star Wars <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like, R -R just to hang yeah. in there. Can we have an R-rated Star Wars movie? I, well, I couldn't see... Make, like, every year. I don't know. Could you see Disney making that move? Like, they had a lot of opportunities in the last four to kind of 
take things in a direction you didn't expect and oh, they didn't yeah they didn't go with it oh i thought you were meant you meant like exactly r-rated <laughs> like there's no way they were gonna make any of these four r-rated well, when they own deadpool will they make it r <laughs> when oh, when they own deadpool. i mean they're trying to buy it right now if, Are it's, if it's not an r-rated movie like what is it honestly they're not really using their r-rating right now which deadpool deadpool yeah two yeah, you, like in the it's, first it's one, just blood. In yeah. the first one, he got fucked in the ass with like a strap on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. In, in this one, they just more. talked about the strap on. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll end it there. Uh, we'll end off this episode as we usually do. Uh, Wait, what were your ratings in a drunken bar fight? <laughs> <laughs> what, what was the rating of uh, Solo? Like a fifty-five. Hmm. Five point five, whatever the scale is. Okay. All right, we'll end it. We're, we're way over time. Um, so, as we usually do, um, what movies are you guys looking forward to coming out in the next month? All right, I'm guessing they're giving me the nod. Uh, so I'm turning this in a bit different direction. So I've gotten my I've got my summer blockbuster fill. I mean, these three will <laughs> will will keep my monkey mind busy for a good long time, uh, and I love them for it. Uh, so I'm going a little bit for the indie emotional hit. Uh, coming out later in June, we've got one called Leave No Trace. So by the writer and director of Winter's Bone. It's about a father and daughter who have been uh, kind of doing this transient lifestyle, living out in the woods, finally get caught. And they're brought into kind of like a domestic suburban life. And it's kind of how they both cope with that. Um, but it, it seems geared to make you cry. This movie will make you cry. Cool. cool. Um, cool. The other one, I'm, this I saw a trailer for, and I was very, very intrigued. It looks kind of like Boyhood and Florida Project, two, two movies that I really enjoyed watching. Uh, it's called Eighth Grade. It's by YouTube celebrity-turned-director-and-writer Bo Burnham. Oh. So this... This could implode in my face. This could be <laughs> not the movie I really want it to be, but from all the trailer and the talk around it, it looks like what I want it to be. A coming-of-age movie about a girl in the eighth grade finding herself. So, I was on board with that until you said YouTube celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to hit that YouTube. You don't want to get that nice little golden check mark next I, to... I'm uh, bitter because we don't get any YouTube visitors. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to SoundCloud. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when do you get to you? Me? Wait, me? You're Somebody. Ladies first. Okay, uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing the Ocean's 8 movie. Um, yep, I really liked Ocean's 11, um, 12 and 13 or whatever, but <laughs> Ocean's 11 is one of those movies where um, uh, back when I still had, you know, cable TV, if it was on, I would watch it every time and like shout out to tbs yeah and that, <laughs> that movie was on tv a lot <laughs> um so yeah oceans eight seems awesome i'm really excited about the cast um yeah especially mindy kaling i think that's really <laughs> fun um the other movie that i'm looking forward to is actually already out but i haven't seen it yet it's called on chesil beach um and it's by the same it's based on a book uh by the author that also wrote atonement um and also sto store stars <laughs> stores beers are good uh it stars saoirse ronan so she's I great read, 
That was the worst movie I saw at TIFF last year. <laughs> oh, really? On oh. Chesil Beach? I can see people liking Fight. it, but it, like for me, it was just like, it wasn't for me. Yeah, that's um, fair. And like I read the book, so I mean, I know what it's about. Um, <laughs> but I think it's kind of like an interesting... Uh, like basically the premise of the movie is like this couple gets married in the early 60s and it's about like sort of their wedding night and what happens when you're lost be virgins and there's a lot of baggage around it and I said, like it's an interesting premise and i'm a big fan of Saoirse Ronan like i was yeah. expecting decent things which is why i went and saw it but mm-hmm. like i was just like oh there's like nothing oh. but like honestly like if somebody went into that movie and said i really like it i'll be like that's fair yeah like some people will like it some people won't yeah that is fair. <laughs> you guys can fight next episode. Would <laughs> well, be two I hours about about Chesil Chesil Beach. Beach. <laughs> No guests. Yeah. Just Carson. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. Uh, my movie. I only have one. Uh, I pick. Uh, in keeping with our theme of uh, selling out uh, to big name <laughs> movies, I say Ant Man and the Wasp because I love Paul Rudd because he's hilarious. I think pretty much more not everything most things and uh even though a lot of people don't like ant-man i like him i think he's a good character i think the first movie was just kind of a mess because the whole like edgar wright dropping out halfway through it thing so i'm interested to see what they do with like (laughs) the one director doing the whole thing start to finish so hopefully it's like wait who's the director i don't know probably the same as the first one that's that's the one Marvel movie where I would want Phil Lord and Christopher Miller to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, the one that I'm looking forward to is Hotel Artemis, uh, mainly because it's Dave Bautista and Jeff Goldblum. Yes. Uh, yeah. There's a bunch of other like semi-interesting side characters, but like I don't know, like you have this many good characters, and I'm only hearing about it through a trailer. Is like uh, <laughs> I feel like the director's really bad. And it's gonna be disappointing, but. I'm going to set myself up for disappointment anyway, just like every Star Wars. (laughs) I'm excited for that one because of, uh, not aside from uh, Jeff Goldblum and Batista, uh, the black dude in, who's, I think he's one of the mains. Yeah. uh, He's in a TV show. He's in a, he's in an episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. What's that really sappy TV show that he's in? I don't Uh, know. This is Life or something like that. This is Us? This is Us, yes. Oh, okay. It's like the brother from that one? It's what? He's the brother, yeah. Oh, okay. Don't know that one. I I was thinking of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Also, Jodie Foster? I want to like her, but I'm like, she hasn't done anything exciting in a while. Uh, That's fair. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. Cool. Anyway, thank you for listening for way too long if you've made it. (laughs) We made it. Are we at two hours? We might be. Dang. Uh, Thank you, and see you again.